Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. No, anxiety shouldn't be the norm. Get the powerful, safe audio system for anxiety over at quietbegins.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani, and I am here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about in this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. I hope your physical and mental health are doing well during these times. As of this recording, we are still in the middle of COVID and we are in the middle of a political dilemma, <laughs> at least in the U.S. I laugh because it's quite zany. And uh, we are still here. We are still doing what we can every day. So I don't get stuck in politics. I don't get stuck in talking about the endless pandemic. I don't get stuck doing any of that. I like forward momentum. So when you come on this show, you won't expect to hear anything like, let's talk about all the news that you hear 24 hours a day. I don't like to do that because I like moving forward. It's not that I don't pay attention to the news. It's just, I like moving forward. I like forward momentum. It's similar to when I talk about the rut. When you're in the rut, that means you're not moving forward and you're probably in the same mindset. You're probably in the same line of thinking and you're probably in old patterns that keep you in the rut. Or, you know, there's an or to this as well. 
or you're in a rut, not of your own choosing. You can definitely be in a rut, not of your own choosing, just like many of us are today in a rut, stuck in our house in lockdown. (laughs) I wasn't going to get into COVID talk, but I'll just throw that in there. Uh, It does feel like a rut. Eight months as of this recording, it feels like we're in a rut. At the same time, what can we do for forward momentum? What can you do to feel like you're getting something done? And a lot of people are getting stuff done. I got basement projects that I'm working on using wood, (laughs) sawing and nailing and building shelves. Uh, And this is the stuff you do when you're in a rut. You try to stay productive. You try to keep moving forward. And that's what I want this show to be about. I, I always want you to be able to move forward so that you don't feel stuck. This is kind of a get unstuck show. That's kind of a cliche, so I don't say it. But that is the base foundation of this show is getting you out of being stuck. And we get stuck because we have old patterns. Like I've talked about before, the times when people mistreat you. That happens in many relationships, in many areas of life. Somebody will come along and mistreat you, or somebody that you think loves you mistreats you, or the sales clerk mistreats you. You know, it can happen anywhere. And how we respond to that is how we will get treated again. I'm not saying it happens like that always, but typically how we respond to someone's treatment of us will determine if it happens again. So I suggest that if you are getting mistreatment from someone, that you reflect on it and ask yourself, how am I responding that is facilitating this behavior to repeat itself or something like that? How am I responding that is causing this to happen again? Yes, I'm putting you on the cause side of the cause and effect equation. Some people don't like that. Some people don't like when somebody says, you are the cause for the mistreatment towards you. Some people don't like when somebody says, you are attracting the abusive person in your life or the hurtful person in your life. I don't like that either. (laughs) I'm not saying that that's my go-to statement. Some people don't like it and I don't like it. You don't always cause this, but you do behaviors that help to facilitate it sometimes. I do behaviors that help to facilitate hurtful and even abusive behaviors sometimes. So this is where you should reflect. You should reflect on your own responses and reactions and behaviors that cause or facilitate the behavior of others. How do you do that? Well, look at your results, look at your outcomes, and ask yourself, is that the outcome I wanted? Is that the outcome that is mutually beneficial? Is that the outcome that is healthy? Because if it's not a healthy outcome, then you ask yourself, well, how can I respond so I don't get that outcome again? Now, here's where the divergence can happen in one's brain. Maybe yours, maybe not yours, but people out there. And there are people that can diverge in their path of trying to figure out the best way to not facilitate the bad behavior of others. And the divergence is this. You either rely on a dysfunction 
to respond or react, or you rely on something empowering that might be scary, might be risky. I mean, there are other things you can rely on too, but that's typically where we go. We go one way toward originating from dysfunction, which might be becoming a people pleaser, stuffing down what you want to express, you know, swallowing those emotions, avoiding having to deal with uh, someone or something. These all stem from typically some sort of dysfunction or just plain old fear. I mean, I shouldn't call it all dysfunction, but there's the fear in there as well. What you fear is the consequence of doing what you really want to do or say, but you don't do or say it. So you end up with what you end up with, which is what you probably don't want. That is the outcome or the result that you would rather be different. I've done this all my life, (laughs) at least up until 10 years ago, I would respond in a way that was based on my fear or my dysfunction. That's a great question to ask yourself every time you're in a situation where you can choose to respond. I mean, we do have a choice, typically. We can choose to respond from fear or dysfunction, or we can choose to respond from a place that empowers us, that strengthens us, that reinforces the courage to do behaviors that empower us and then deal with the consequences. Not always easy, not always safe, doesn't always lead to loving relationships. Sometimes you split up, sometimes you never talk to that person again or they never talk to you. These are the kind of scenarios that can unfold when you step into your power and act or speak from your power. When you are empowered, you are going to do things that people may not be used to. That might mean you express something that you haven't expressed before. And because you haven't expressed before, the other person or people will not know how to react to it and they will think that you're being a jerk or you're being demanding or even you're being hurtful. Like you're hurting them now when the whole time you have been the one that has been receiving hurtful behavior. The divergence that I'm talking about is, again, either from fear or dysfunction, uh, which can be one and the same, or a place of empowerment. And choosing one of those from which to respond will give you the results that you end up with. Hence, this puts you on the cause side of the cause and effect equation for your interactions with people. All that means is that you're either taking responsibility for the results that you get, or you believe that you have no responsibility, or you believe that things just happen to you and you have no choice and no responsibility. That's the effect side. The cause side is I'm going to take responsibility for my role in this interaction, in this relationship, in this scenario. I'm going to take responsibility for that. So that means everything I do and say has an impact on what happens next. Even if I am passive, you know, I'm just staying back, I'm letting things happen, that has an effect on what happens. If you just stay out of it altogether, you avoid some big conflict, that has an effect on what happens. Because you are choosing to not do something which is doing something. Your choice to not do something is doing something. And that has an effect on the consequences. I'm not saying you're to blame. 
I'm not saying that you are 100% responsible for someone else's bad behavior towards you. I'm saying that you play a part. And it's so liberating to be in a space where you can say, I play a role in this, therefore I can change the outcome. That is empowering. Even if you try to change the outcome and you can't, knowing you play a role and taking responsibility for that role empowers you. So you could end up broke and lonely and homeless. I've been close to all three of those, if not <laughs> two out of three in my life. And if you step into your power and say, the decisions that I made and the actions I took and the people I talked to and allowed into my life, they are my responsibility. And I take responsibility for my role in all of these scenarios. Therefore, I have the ability to change what's next. Things may not change right away. You may not get what you want right away, but you have the ability to do so. So there's that part of the divergence here where you can choose to take responsibility and say that you are part of the cause of what happens to you in life. Or you can also go into a place of dysfunction and fear or dysfunction or fear and say, things happen to me and I have no control over it whatsoever. And I'm here to say that may be true. I'm not going to argue with that. If you say that to me because a potted plant fell from the third story and fell on your head and now you're disabled, I'm not going to say that that thing just didn't happen to you. I'm going to say that you were in the wrong place at the wrong time and that's a, that's a real bummer. I mean, it's worse than a bummer. It's terrible. I, I hope it never happened to you and I hope it never does happen to you. But yes, we can look at that as chance, coincidence, whatever, and say, well, that happened to me. I am the victim of that. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I was minding my own business. I didn't even know there was a potted plant up there. And the next thing you know, I wake up in the emergency room and I can't remember the last two weeks of my life. Absolutely, that can happen. Just like other things can happen. You can be attacked. You can be mugged. You can be raped. I absolutely know there are real victims in this world. And you deserve compassion and empathy and sympathy, caring and kindness because you went through a lot. And I will not take that away from you. I am a victim of some things in my life that I had no control over either. So I'm, I'm just telling you this as a setup. <laughs> I'm setting you up because we can look at those times and say, there's no way I could have prevented that. There's no way I could have controlled that. And at the same time, we can also say, but there were elements of it that I did have control over, and I am now wiser because of it. There were also elements that I had control of that I can change so it doesn't happen next time. These are the lessons that we learn in life, sometimes the hard way, that we need to recognize and we need to accept as our role and what we take responsibility for. So if you're walking alone in the park and you get mugged, you may say, I had nothing to do with that, but you were in the park and you may have been alone and you may not have had any self-defense experience and you know, on and on and on. Again, not that it's your fault, it's just happened and suddenly you realize that maybe you need to change that so it doesn't happen again. 
I'm not saying you're responsible for the things that have already happened to you and things that may still happen to you. I'm just saying you empower yourself when you decide to say, I'm going to do something different from this point on. This is what I mean by the divergence, is that you can choose to step into your power and say that I take responsibility for my role, for all the elements that I am directly involved in, so that I am not just a victim, because that keeps me in a powerless place, making me think that there's nothing I can do now, there's nothing I could have done. Not that I want you to think about the past and blame yourself for anything. That's not what this is about at all. It's about taking responsibility for every component of what you are directly involved in. Because when you do that, then you regain control of your life. And this is where people will be on one side or the other because of that divergence. It's very difficult to control your life when you are on the fear and dysfunction side of a rut, as opposed to the empowerment side. When you're on the empowerment side, you take control, you step up, you do things, you say things that are meant to make a change so that bad stuff doesn't happen anymore. When you're on the fear and dysfunction side, you do the same old things. You do the same old patterns, you say the same old words that you've said before, you react and behave the same old way, and guess what? Definition of insanity, you get the same thing. Over and over again, you do the same old stuff, you get the same old stuff. So how you respond and how you behave in the world has a direct impact on your results. And what that does when you adopt that philosophy is make you realize, oh, it's not everyone else's fault that I'm here. It's not his fault that I'm here. It's not her fault that I'm here. I take responsibility for some things that got me here. I'm not going to tell you to have to take responsibility for everything. I'm not going to tell you that it's your fault and you're to blame because it's not true. We are all responsible for everything that happens to all of us. We are an integral part of each other's lives. We are intertwined in each other's lives. And so we're trying to figure out our life. They're trying to figure out their life. Maybe they're controlling. Maybe we're controlling. And we want to control them and they want to control us. We want to change them and they want to change us. It's this giant disorganized web that we're all trying to weave into a better pattern so we can get better results and have a better life. So we have to work around everyone else's thoughts and ideas and values and behaviors and actions and words. We have to do a lot just for ourselves and try to mingle with the rest of the world and mingle in a way that is mutually beneficial instead of hurtful. And not everyone gets it. I mean, we know this for a fact. Not everyone gets that their behavior is hurtful and they get bad results because they're hurting us or we get bad results because we hurt them and we just don't want to admit that we're wrong or they don't want to admit that they're wrong. There's so many factors in this, in getting the outcomes that you want because there's just so many minds. There's just so many people out there with different points of view. And the people that you associate with most, hopefully their point of view is based on caring for themselves and caring for others. If they don't necessarily come from that point of view, then you might have difficulty. 
if you care about yourself and don't care about others, that may be a point of view that isn't really conducive to healthy relationships. If you care about others, but not so much about yourself, I would call that another unhealthy decision or point of view that isn't mutually beneficial for all involved. I think it has to work both ways. I need to care about myself and care about others. And when we do that to each other, we have a nice situation. (laughs) We have a better situation than it could be. And we communicate well and we get along and we care if we hurt the other person. And we care so much if we hurt the other person that we're not so attached to being right and we're not so attached to wanting to win. So we back off because we realize, wow, I, I really don't want that person to be unhappy. I don't want that to happen at all. So I'm going to back off. Yeah, I know I'm right, but it's not worth it. How many times have you said that? I know I'm right, but it's not worth it. I mean, that could go either way. It's not worth getting into that argument. It could go that way. Or it's not worth hurting that person any further. It could go that way as well. So we have a choice every time. We can choose to say, I'm responsible for the actions I'm taking right now that's going to lead to the outcome that I may or may not want. So what am I going to do? What am I going to choose? And how you choose will be based on what your go-to behavior is. Meaning, if you automatically go to a dysfunction or a fear, then you'll probably get results that you don't want more often than not. Now, let me give you an example of that. Back in the 2000s, 2008, 2009, I worked for a company where the boss was nice most of the time. In fact, I never saw his bad side until one day he showed it. And I didn't like it. And we were all in a big meeting. There were like 20 of us in a circle and we were meeting and he was rather upset about something. And he was putting everyone on the spot about how they were personally responsible for not making sales or not bringing in enough income. It was something like that. I understand that this is what you need to do in business. You need to get everyone on the same team and get everyone involved. Absolutely. But to do it in a way that made each and every one of them feel bad, feel cornered. I could see what was happening and I didn't like it. This is back when I wasn't very good at honoring myself. I would rather just stuff it down. I would rather just hold back, not say a word because I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to be the one person that stands up and says, this is wrong. I don't want to like stand out like that. There was a lot of reasons I didn't want to say anything about his behavior. And most people would agree. It's like, okay, we're all in a meeting. What are you going to do? Call out the boss in the middle of the meeting? Uh, Probably not the best choice. Maybe you could do it behind closed doors or maybe you shouldn't do it at all. This is where I was. I was like, I'm not going to do this. But I was getting angry. (laughs) He was going around the room. He was pointing at the next person and he was asking, what are you going to do to raise sales? And what are you going to do? And what have you done? And what did you do wrong? And what could you have done better? And it felt very isolating and I could just, you could feel the fear in the room. Like we were all being chastised, like we were being talked down to from a parent. And again, I didn't like it. So finally he gets to me and he asks me the same questions he was asking everyone else. And um, I had a sarcastic, smart aleck response. (laughs) I didn't like it. I didn't like what he was doing. So I just said, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, which was true, so that you'll stop yelling at us. (laughs) The room went silent. 
the room was silent. So I'm basically calling out my multimillionaire boss in front of everyone. And I just assumed that either he would fire me on the spot or I would get pulled aside later and get fired. I, I just thought it would come. I didn't want to get fired. I couldn't afford to get fired. But there was something about what was happening that was making me so upset. And again, I was just learning how to honor my personal boundaries and how to step into my power and all this stuff. And I decided to take a stand and not a very productive way. I could have handled this a lot better, but hey, it was my first time. So, you know, you gave yourself leniency there, which I did. I said my thing. He said something back like, oh, you think I'm yelling at you. And then he moved on to the next person as if he weren't affected. So I don't know what he was thinking back then, but he just moved on. And then the meeting was over after another half hour, 45 minutes. Uh, And just to finish that story, my supervisor came up and said, you know, you probably shouldn't have said that. And I said, yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) And uh, I just said, okay, you know, it won't happen again. Thinking back now, if I knew then what I know now, I would have said, no, he shouldn't have done that. And I'm glad I said it. That's what I should have said. But again, my first time just working on this on myself and stepping into my power. So it was a little difficult to think on the fly. Give yourself a break if you go through this. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things sort of half right, half wrong. But it's not wrong as long as you are moving forward. There's that forward momentum again. You're doing something for you, moving into your power, giving you more control of your life and not letting other people walk on you if that's your goal, if that's your direction. That was mine. I was learning about that, not letting other people walk on me. And so that's pretty much how it ended. I kept my job. Uh, Everything went pretty smoothly after that. But my point is the example I just gave is an opportunity for that divergence to happen. That divergence is I'm going to either answer from fear and or dysfunction, or I'm going to answer from a place of empowerment. Now, this place of empowerment that I chose to step into also contained fear because when you behave or respond or react from a place of empowerment, it often involves fear, especially when you're doing it the first time uh, or you're just trying to get used to doing it. Uh, there's fear because you don't know what's going to happen. It is the unknown. It is, it is the abyss. And I stepped into that abyss. But I did it because I was getting tired of being who I was. I was getting tired of the outcomes that I kept seeing in my life. I was getting tired of my own results. My own results are me swallowing anger and honoring other people dishonoring me. My own results were letting people walk all over me. And I got to a breaking point. You know, I was learning all this stuff about me and I wanted to improve myself and I wanted to get better results in life. And I was starting to realize that better results means taking risks. And to me, the risk in that moment was I could lose my job, but I'm okay with it. I could lose my friends, but I'm okay with it. I could be humiliated in front of the whole team, but I'm okay with it because the bigger picture is my dignity. The bigger picture is my integrity. The bigger picture is my mental health and well-being. And the biggest picture is the person I wanted to be and the emotional state that I wanted to have from that point forward. 
And so I made a different choice during that divergence moment. I made a different choice than I made before. And I chose to respond differently. And from that point on, I was a different person. That changed me. It didn't change my personality. It just changed my level of comfort in myself and feeling good about myself and feeling good in general because I wasn't swallowing the anger. I wasn't holding back. I wasn't repressing. And because I was able to express in that moment and instead of holding back, which I would have done, I didn't carry it with me anymore. It didn't manifest into an emotional trigger. It just dissipated. Not only that, it reinforced my confidence, it reinforced my uh, trust in myself, and it had a side effect, which I didn't expect, of several of my team members coming up to me and saying, I am so glad you said that we were all thinking the same thing. I had two, two or three people came up to me and said that, and that was a surprise, that was unexpected. I thought everyone would have been embarrassed by me doing that. I thought they would have felt like I was rocking the boat and I shouldn't be doing that. But there were so many people that felt that way. And because I stood up, they saw me as the voice they wanted to have. I don't necessarily want to be the voice others want to have. That wasn't my intention at all. But now that I do what I do on this show and I teach what I teach here, I share these stories so that you can be the voice that you want to have. You need to be. You need to be the voice that you want to have. You need to be the person that you want to be. And if my story helps to inspire you that it can be done, great. <laughs> if it doesn't, if it puts all this fear in you that doing that will lead to disaster because it's the abyss and the unknown and you know the other person is going to react strongly, uh, I have two things to say about that. One, yes, you have to pick your battles wisely. You don't want to do this with violent people. Number two, I actually have more than two things. Number two is not everyone is violent. Sometimes we just don't like being yelled at. Sometimes we just don't like that look that somebody might give us. Sometimes we don't like being in the center of attention, so we won't do certain things. Sometimes we don't like the idea of the outcome that may happen. Like if I say this, I might get fired. Somebody might divorce me. Somebody might yell at me. Somebody might uh, embarrass me. All this stuff comes from a place of fear and or dysfunction. So you can choose to respond from that place. Or this is sort of part two of everything I just said. You can ask yourself the question, if I had no fear of the consequences, what would I do or say then? And that is where your power is. That doesn't always mean that you should do everything that you think. <laughs> if you think, well, I just want to punch that person in the face, might not be the best choice. But what is an empowering choice? What would someone who was mentally healthy, mentally strong, and mentally courageous do if they had no fear of the consequences? What would you do if you had no fear of the consequences? This is a great, great question to ask yourself when you're in that moment of divergence where you can choose to act from fear and or dysfunction or a place of empowerment. And if you don't know what that looks like, you ask yourself that question, what would I do or say if I had no fear of the consequences? And that's going to give you the answer. And you might have a few things that go through your head, but I've done this in my life several times. And every single time 
I had no idea what was going to happen. I had a lot of fear, <laughs> a lot of fear in there. This isn't like dysfunctional fear. This is real fear like, oh, they've never seen this behavior before, so I have no idea what they're going to do. Every single time I did this, I had no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> I had fear because you can have fear when you respond from a place of empowerment, but the fear didn't drive my behavior. It was just a part of what I needed to do for myself. See, that's the difference is that you can have a fear that drives your response or your behavior, or you can do behavior that you know is right for you and right for the situation and still have the fear, but the fear isn't driving you to do disempowering behavior. See, that's the key is that you're either coming from a place of fear and doing behavior based on that fear or doing behavior based on your power and having fear about it. So fear is on either path, typically. Fear is just part of the process, and it's okay to have fear. It's just that we don't want fear to always drive our responses because sometimes those fears are old patterns that create the rut that we might have been living in for many years, and I don't want you to be in that rut. So as I was starting to say, every time I've chosen to act from a place of empowerment, and choose to do things regardless of my fear of the consequences, every time I've done that, the outcome I got always worked out best for all involved. And that's my final point I want to make on this segment, is that when you make choices from a place of empowerment, it serves you and everyone else too. It does. I, I can't think of any time that I acted from a place of power that didn't serve everyone involved. Even when the other person didn't get what they wanted, even when the other person was mad at me, even when the other person thought I was the worst person in the world. I mean, that sounds like a bad outcome, but really it was the best outcome I could get because A, it finally broke the pattern of me responding the way I always respond and B, it stopped enabling their bad behavior. That was my goal every time. Every time I honored myself, I took a stand for myself, I stepped up confidently and spoke up for myself, it stopped enabling their bad behavior and it gave me the outcomes that I wanted. And even though they may have not been happy about that, they were no longer doing bad behavior. I gave them that gift. <laughs> yes, it's a gift. You give people a gift when you stand up for yourself, when you get out of that rut, when you stop those old patterns and behaviors because you are fulfilling who you want to be. And anyone that cares about you and loves you will want you to be who you want to be. I hope this makes sense. I hope you get something from today's episode. Thank you so much for joining. We'll be right back with some thank yous and goodbyes and I will read you a message I received and I will share my final words right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to remind you to head over to quietbegins.com if you are dealing with anxiety and you just don't want to deal with anxiety anymore. I get that. It's a powerful audio system designed to help you 
break the anxiety and dissolve it as it's happening. Check it out at quietbegins.com. And I want to thank the patrons of the week. These are the financial supporters of the show. I love thanking members of the patron program every week because they are the people that keep the lights on, <laughs> keep me fed. <laughs> I am so grateful for the following. Mod, you're pretty new, Mod. I'm so glad to see you in the program. Thank you for your contribution. Chelsea, good to see you again. Linda, Monica, Ron, Elaine, Brian, all of you are important to me. I am grateful for you. Thank you so much. And if you are getting value from the show and you would like to contribute, head over to moretob.com and uh, check out the options there. You can do a one-time donation or become a monthly patron and get access to the patron program, which is where I give back. There are about 100 private episodes in there that will go over subjects that I don't normally go over on the regular episodes here. Uh, some stuff that I've never talked about on the air and there might be something there for you that uh, you are looking for, or maybe you just want to hear more stuff. <laughs> so you can do that over at moretob.com. I also have some worksheets in there and some a video archive where I used to do videos, uh, if you're interested in that. Thank you so much, existing patrons. I appreciate you. And thank you for anyone that supports the show by sharing it with others, writing your reviews, and just spreading the word. I appreciate you. Thank you again. And I want to remind you of the Love and Abuse podcast. Talk about people who mistreat you. Talk about people who disrespect you. Uh, that podcast is another show that I do. I started it back in February of 2019. So if you have a difficult relationship in your life, whether it's romantic, platonic, or family, or whoever it is, and you feel like the conversations are just more difficult than they need to be, or you're pulling your hair out a lot, or you leave every conversation confused or feeling bad, especially if you feel bad about yourself, like they cause you to feel guilty or like you're the bad person, you might want to check out my other podcast called Love and Abuse over at loveandabuse.com, and uh, you might find some answers over there. And finally, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. I'm just going to read you an email to close the show because I want to make a comment on it. This person wrote, Dear Paul, I have been wanting to thank you for saving my life with your remarkable insight, authenticity, and advice. I am in my 60s and I was in an abusive marriage for three years. Wow. In the second year of my marriage, I had a concussion and I stumbled upon the overwhelmed brain thinking it was information on brain injury recovery. Oh boy, were you fooled. <laughs> Sorry that you were looking for that and you found my show because that's a totally different show. But let's see what you have to say. I listened to it for months and I also discovered love and abuse. In 2018, my husband assaulted me and I immediately worked the mean workbook and I realized that I was in serious trouble. She's talking about the workbook I offer over at loveandabuse.com that helps to classifies your relationship on the level of emotional abuse or manipulation. So if you're not familiar with that, I offer that over at loveandabuse.com. Uh, she goes on to say, uh, in 2019, I left him with only my clothes and my cat and I divorced him. I still listen to your podcast because they continue to support my decision when I feel down. I'm so grateful for the insight you helped me realize. Thank you by itself cannot express my gratitude for you being placed in my life when I didn't even realize that I was in trouble. I'm still healing mentally and your words help remind me that I was courageous to leave and set boundaries. 
God only knows what my life would have been like if I hadn't found your podcast, especially during COVID. I live in a lovely and safe place now, and I live in peace thanks to you. Ever grateful. And she gives her name. And this is powerful to me. It's inspirational to me. This was an accident. This was one of those coincidences where a potted plant could fall on your head or you could stumble across a podcast or some information that changes your life. And I am so grateful and humbled and honored by this. And I am also so proud of you. I am so happy to read this that you decided to take that big step to face the consequences no matter how much fear you had and you took steps to save yourself. I know you can thank me and say that I helped. Yes, I probably helped in some ways, but in order for my words to help anyone, you have to be in a place that you're ready to not only hear them, but also act upon not only my words, but the consequences that you know will be a part of your decisions. So it's, again, I've said this before, it's easy for me to sit behind a microphone and tell you all this stuff that you need to, should, can do for your life, but to actually implement it, there has to be a series of events that happens in your life to get to the point where someone says the perfect thing and you are ready to receive it and respond to it and respond from it and make decisions because of it and take actions that lead you to a better place. So yes, the combination of things that happened in your life. I mean, you got a brain injury. When you said you stumbled across this show, you can say, what luck? You know, what luck that you stumbled across this or any show that helped you. But I also say it's not luck. Because you played a role. You took responsibility. You had an injury and you said, you know what? This injury doesn't define me. This injury is not going to stop me. This injury happened to me and I'm going to take responsibility for it. If you did or didn't then, it doesn't matter because right now you're taking responsibility for it and you're taking steps to find helpful information, to work through it, to improve your life in ways that maybe wouldn't have happened had you not taken these steps. And let me just rephrase that. You could have chosen to stay on the effect side of the equation saying, things happen to me, poor me, there's nothing I can do about it, everyone feels sorry for me, and I'll wait for something or someone to come along to help me. You could have stayed on that side of the equation, but you chose to step into the cause side of the equation and say, you know what, this happened to me and now I'm going to take responsibility and do something about it. And so this is what I mean by taking responsibility for things that have already happened to you. Because if you don't, if you say, I'm not responsible for that, then you're more likely not going to do anything about it. And what I mean by that is, let's just say like my dad, when he was alive and we were living together, he came home one day and he said, oh, those stupid cops. <laughs> he said, those stupid cops, they have nothing better to do but to pull me over and give me a speeding ticket. All that crime that's going on out there and they pull me over because I was speeding. Why don't they pay attention to people 
murdering each other and selling drugs. I mean, he had all these excuses and he never took responsibility for the fact that he was going over the speed limit, which he was fully aware of. And he decided to be angry about that. He held on to that anger. He didn't want to take responsibility for his own choices. And because of that, he held on to the anger. This is one of those areas that if you don't take responsibility for what happened in your life, you could very likely hold on to the negativity regarding what happened. So if you were hurt in any way and you just don't want to let it go, you're more likely not going to take any responsibility for it at all. Again, I'm not saying you're responsible or to blame for things that happened to you because there are real victims in the world. I'm just saying that when you decide that you're going to take responsibility for your role in it, it frees you up. It helps you release. It helps you let go. It helps you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. And you know where this is going. When you step into your power, you'll have the ability to make decisions that are right for you. This is what I say at the end of every show. And before we go, I want to thank this person who wrote to me. And I am so glad that your life has changed and is changing. And you're working on yourself and you're continuing to improve yourself. I am very humbled by your words. I am honored that you listen to me out of the 8 billion people in the world that you could listen to. 8 plus now. Uh, You chose to listen to me. Not all of them have podcasts, but... That number grows daily, so you may find other podcasts soon. But words like this keep me inspired. It keeps me going. It reminds me of all the decisions that I made in my life where I had choices to make during those times of conflict, during those stressful moments that I could have responded from a place of dysfunction and or fear or a place of empowerment. And every time I chose that place of empowerment, it gave me another building block. It solidified my foundation so that going forward, no matter how many times I fell, it was so much easier to get back up because my foundation was so damn solid. So I don't know how that metaphor translates in your life, but to me, when I visualize that, I know that no matter what happens to me, that I will have some tool in there Because I chose to stand up for myself. I chose to honor myself. I chose to walk forward even when I wanted to run away. And that either reinforced tools that I was learning or created new tools that I needed that I now share with you today. So I hope this helps you in some way. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you to this person who wrote to me. I appreciate you. I am so grateful for you. And like I say at the end of every episode, always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.